Zero episode 37 starts right now. Welcome to the MCU program. I'm your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Aaron Perrine. What's going on, y'all? And welcome to the program for the first time ever in her life. The best day she's <laughs> forward to it. Every she's she just won't leave me alone. She's been bed now. I actually <laughs> have been trying to find a good time to get Janelle Wheeler on HBO. We finally made it happen. Janelle, welcome to the MCU. I'm so excited to be here and I'm ready to go in on Marvel content. Let's go. Let's go. You know, Janelle has actually never once asked me to come on this show, and I'm actually a little bit upset about it. She's never like, hey, I want to come on phase zero. You know, I had to, I've been like, yo. Janelle, let's make this happen. All right. <laughs> I don't I don't like to be a tryhard. Like if you have that emote on Twitch. So yeah, I, I don't like to be a tryhard. I like to be asked. <laughs> no, just yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I respect it. Uh, 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 I just watched Bachelor in Paradise last night. So Tia gets you for <gasps> sure. You know, you know, but uh, um, we have a big show today as all. And I'll never say we have a small show. But uh, Janelle Wheeler's here, and we have more than that for you. We got an interview with Tom Hardy and Andy Serkis that we're going to play at the end of the show. It's also available on the comicbook.com YouTube channel. It has no spoilers for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, uh, but it does talk all about the movie and more. And uh, we also I have to announce that we're doing a giveaway. We're going to be giving away, I think... Uh, this might change, but as it stands right now, we're getting it all figured out. I'm, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself and shouldn't announce this yet, but I'll do it anyway. I love, I'm too excited. Uh, we're giving away tickets to Venom. Let there be carnage screenings in New York and LA. We have 20 pairs of tickets for each screening. So if you're in those areas and you want to see Venom, let there be carnage on Monday night before it comes out. They're like kind of like premiery fan event things. I'm not really sure, but I imagine there might be surprises there. Uh, we might be able to hook you up. I won't be able to make it. So I'm going to be living vicariously through all of you who do. And uh, yeah. Wow. So that's cool. Yeah. Okay, now I know why so many people watch and listen to phase zero. You have like really awesome giveaways on top of just being cool people. Oh, thanks Janelle. You're welcome anytime you want with comments like that. Can I, can I back out of this program? And I don't want to be a guest anymore. I just want to enter. I don't even know how we're giving them away yet. I think I might just be like a, Hey, who's in the area. Let me know if you want tickets first come first serve uh, from some tweets or something. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, Janelle, if you want to fly up to New York, you're more than welcome to, uh, to get up there and be with be in the same space as Tom Hardy. Maybe I don't know if he's going to be there, but I would go <laughs> if he was. Um, also, I want to start the show with an icebreaker for Janelle. Every time we have someone on the show for the first time, they get, they get put on the spot. Janelle, important question. If you could have the power of one of the Avengers, the superpowers, who would it be? Oh, what? Who, who? <laughs> I mean, I, I I know that. Okay. So phase zero, you guys don't know my favorite hero. My favorite hero of all time is Dr. Strange. So, but wait, you were going to say why? Yeah. So, so you would want the, you would want the powers of the mystic. uh, Yeah. I, I have this big thing with green in general. Like I am Slytherin and I love the time stone and, uh, and I just like, I'm just obsessed with his whole story. Like I love how he came from a superficial beginning and then he got really spiritual and it turned into like mystic arts. And I love that. Like he has, he's supposed to be, I don't know, this new trailer from no way home kind of messes with it, but he's supposed to be this like selfless uh, hero and more part of like a, a bigger, something bigger than himself. So that's what I love most about him. And that's what I would like to do. So what would you, what would be the first thing you do? Oh my gosh. Can I be really real? 
I would go visit my parents back in the seventies and like go to like a, a David Bowie concert with them or something. That's, that's, yeah, forget but I wouldn't let the them I'm their daughter. Obviously, no. that'd be weird. You Marty McFly over here. You can't yeah, totally. Be, yeah. I would totally. I feel you. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Well, welcome to the program. You've officially been initiated. <laughs> uh, we have our MCU news. Then we're going to talk spoilers about What If Episode Seven. We're going to save that for the back half of the show. So anybody who hasn't had a chance to watch it yet, if you are watching us live, you can do that and come back and listen to us in podcast form. Uh, we're going to get to the news. So first up, Disney Plus Day, November twelfth. They just announced this on Tuesday. This is one of those things, Aaron. There's always a post-credit scene on Phase Zero where they announce something right after our show ends. This feels like one of those big announcements that usually follows the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe they had it scheduled for the wrong day. They had it supposed to have it scheduled for the day at that time. But it's all right. Something else will happen. Last yeah. week, we got we got done in by you, BD. Like five seconds after the show ends. I know. All the Spider-Man movies, quarantine watch party. And I was like... Branded. Like, I was hosting the show and I was like, oh, cool. It's like, that's an announcement <laughs> I would have loved to have included. Like, I, I was as blindsided by it as everybody else was. I tried to, I tried to wait till you guys were done because I didn't want to like have people looking at Twitter instead of the show. You know what I mean? Because I wasn't able to do last week's. I was on, vac- I was on vacation. I was at home, just not working. I took a week off and just rearranged the man cave. And, did did some work but i was like i wasn't on the show last week so i was like all right i'm definitely waiting till the show's over to just go ahead and but it probably would have been smart to drop that before so you guys could have announced we are doing a quarantine watch party of every spider-man movie starting on tuesday night at 9 p.m eastern time we were this close to getting sam raimi to join us but he's unavailable he's unavailable i'm still reaching out to toby mcguire though but no promises i'd be shocked if he joined us but hopefully uh we're starting with the first spider-man movie for more information uh, hit me up on Twitter. Anyway, Disney Plus Day, November 12th. First of all, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is going to be available on Disney Plus for free. Uh, it Also, Shang-Chi is on its way to becoming the biggest movie of the year. It is $5 million behind Black Widow domestically, which it's probably going to make by the end of this weekend. Uh, and it is only $70 million behind Black, uh, behind Black Widow worldwide. So I do believe at the rate it's going, Shang-Chi might end up being the biggest movie at the box office until Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man will obviously be the biggest movie of the year, but uh, I I think Shang-Chi might finish number two. Alert, alert. Oh, Jim Viscardi's here. What's going on? Hello, everybody. I'm only here for just a a short, quick second. I wanted to uh, show the crew something that uh, uh, one of our most loyal listeners has done. Uh, We all know him as uh, as Elliot. Uh, Richard, Richard, uh, cue it up. Oh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. our new Twitter header. Uh, for you need one because croaky is not real, it's an alligator. <laughs> okay, sorry, wow. Okay, so from left to right, if you're listening in podcast form, if you're watching this live, you see it. Uh, if you're listening in podcast form, we have Jamie as Scarlet Witch, I'm there as Nova. Jenna is Captain Marvel and Aaron is Captain America. And that is some dope fan art. Thank you, Elliot. Wow, that is sick. I love, love the Face Hero community. Love Elliot so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I just wanted to come and drop that, drop that on here. Jim, uh, what is Elliot's Twitter handle? Shout out. Do you know it Elliot, off the top Elliot, of your head? It's Elliot Comic Art. So E-L-L-I-O-T Comic Art. We'll share this on, on the account for sure. But uh, he got tired of looking at the uh, alligator uh, Loki on our Twitter header was like, Hey, uh, well, uh, can I just like, can I, can I give you guys something else? And we're like, yep, absolutely. Uh, and sure enough, there it is. So 
this is know. the only thing that could top the year of toaster uh, <laughs> of, of Wanda and vision. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Elliot. All right. Thanks, anyway, for, thanks for the, thanks for the art drop, Jim. Yeah. yeah you know, Thank you, Jim. Yeah. coming in, coming in for the run in. Later. <laughs> Get back to work. Uh, there will also be a Marvel special on November 12th, celebrating the Marvel Cinematic Universe on Disney Plus with an exciting look towards the future. I personally don't think this is going to be that rich with new stuff because I remember expanding the universe dropped and it gave us like concept art and maybe like a couple photos. And that's what I'm expecting at best. Who knows? They have surprises. What do you guys think? I, I agree. I feel like because everything that's in the pipeline is like Miss Marvel, She-Hulk and Moon Knight. And those are also CGI heavy. That part of me is like, are they going to really debut like the first footage of any of those during this random teaser? Because I also double checked expanding the universe this morning because I couldn't remember how long it was. And I was like, oh, it's only like 13 minutes. It's not like a lot of content. So I could see them maybe dropping like really good concept art, like a new still or something. But I'm kind of setting my expectations of like anything I get, I'm going to be happy if it's for any of those three shows yeah and you think what do you want to say uh it's like a week before hawkeye yeah like literally like one week before so we'll probably get some new something new from that too i'd imagine but you know i i have no idea what like because we went in investor day last year thinking <laughs> well you know we'll get a couple things but it's not going to be that big and it was just uh avalanche the <laughs> most terrible or exciting day in slack yeah. In comic book <laughs> history, it's just people freaking out constantly for about thirty minutes. It was great. Mm-hmm. Do you know that uh, that Vince McMahon video where uh-huh. like they always cut something and he's always uh-huh. like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> he falls out of the chair. That was all of us on the investor day. It was just like one thing after the other until we all fell out of our chair, and then they kept going for another twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, Janelle, what are you hoping to get a look at on November twelfth? I guess, like, from my perspective, it's more of, like, a question. Like, will they be just wanting to show, like, Disney Plus releases? Are they going to be wanting to show us, like, films? Uh, You know, obviously, in production, we have, what? It's She-Hulk, Ironheart, Secret Invasion, I Am Groot, I think. Are those? I think they're already in production. So... Uh, that would be my only, the only things that I would have any expectations for. I mean, obviously concept art, but what would like kill it and freak everyone out would be if we got something fantastic for. It would. And Disney loves boosting the stock price with specials like this. So that would be the one that could, but I mean, I think it'll be, I think that my, in my opinion or my prediction uh, about your question that is like the very important question will it be will it be movies too or is it just disney plus shows and i think it's going to be pretty focused on disney plus shows okay. considering i mean i don't know but it you know it is like a womp, disney womp. plus special <laughs> so but that gives you hey that gives you opportunities for moon knight which i believe by then will be pretty close to finished mm-hmm. she hulk pretty deep into production mm-hmm. uh miss marvel will is finished hawkeye right around the corner um, Secret Invasion by then probably will have started. I maybe I, that's not like don't quote me on that, but um, I think it could. Uh, and there, and I am Groot is filming with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so they could put something together for that if that's the first thing they do over there. So you know, I think there's a big opportunity for it to be Disney Plus oriented, but of course, there's so many movies coming as well that we have five Marvel movies in 2023. Yes, mm-hmm. five. Let's go. 
Sorry. I also, I just remembered, I, I think we could get confirmation on that, the report from a couple weeks ago about like the Werewolf by Night Halloween special, because I know that's just oh, yeah. Disney Plus. So like, if anything, I could see them maybe like announcing something that has been long rumored, because I know there are like dozens of shows that are allegedly in pre-production that nobody even really knows what they are. So I could maybe see something like that of like, oh, hey, here's kind of our slate for the next year or so. And it includes like shows we haven't heard of. But I don't know. I'm just glad this isn't like a DC fandom thing where it's like a live like panel or a live convention because I'm like, I can only handle so many of those like from the end of this year. So I'm glad it's just a special that like we can all watch that Friday and like freak out about. Yeah, maybe we'll have a special episode of Phase Zero uh, after that releases. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're eating good. DC fandom a couple weeks later, this Marvel special a couple weeks later, Hawkeye, all Eternals is right there before this special. Woo! <laughs> Good time to be alive. Uh, there's also a, a Boba Fett special, but I, it it says it's just like celebrating the character. I would bet we get something from Book of Boba Fett because it's supposed to be right behind coming, you know, in December. But uh, we'll see. Um, all right, we're moving on. Let's talk Eternals. Yeah. So yesterday it was announced of the official rating for Eternals. It is rated PG-13. Surprise, surprise. Every MCU movie is rated PG-13. But it is for fantasy violence and action, some language and brief sexuality. I know, Brandon, you had a very particular tweet about this and about the sexuality aspect. Um, What do you think that's going to insinuate? What do you think we're going to get there? I mean, I saw a lot of people online were talking about how they think it's like, I don't know. I don't know if this is... um, based on a report or a rumor or something, but I saw a lot of responses. A very common response was that it's probably because there's a kiss with two men. And it's just like, if that's all it is, and that is the uh, brief sexuality, then uh, weird that that gets labeled that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We haven't had a sex scene in the MCU since Iron Man, I don't think. Give it to us. Let them get a little sexy. I don't care. Everybody in that, every adult in that movie is good looking. (laughs) Like, whatever. (laughs) You got two of the Game of Thrones studs in there. Whatever. I don't know. The MCU doesn't really do... They do everybody shirtless, but they don't have them roll around in bed. I don't really care. I don't need to see that. If if we do, cool. If we don't, whatever. Um, Does anybody... You guys care? Butts. I wanted to see some butts. (laughs) I did. There are some beautiful butts in this movie, but we're not going to see any of them because it was for... It wasn't for nudity, unfortunately. (laughs) <laughs> no. yeah that's yeah that is true when it says brief sexuality but it doesn't say nudity, nudity. Mm-hmm. yeah well maybe it's just like that scene in bad teacher um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know exactly what you're talking about. that's fantastic uh, but yeah uh, whatever pg-13 we're all shocked all the all the all the carnage fans are furious again mm-hmm. but anyway. i i heard that like they're not gonna do like any rated r except for deadpool which is kind of a bummer to me not to like go too far off topic but i really wanted blade to be rated r that's what i was hoping for yeah i just i, I i've given up hope that marvel studios is gonna make We're an walking dead movie. fans like we want gore <laughs> like i want blood it's gonna be interesting i was thinking about this though when i was talking about when i was reading about this on twitter and i was like joking about oh eternal was getting a little sexy pg-13 <laughs> sexy but like the marvel audience is also growing up mm-hmm. like, you know, I started being a Marvel fan when I was like 14 or 15, whatever it was uh, when Iron Man came out so long ago. Um, and then or like a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan. And then 
like, you know, I, I know you gotta, you want to keep the kids involved and I'm not saying go show like a bunch of like nudity and like, don't go full the suicide squad and have like penises hanging out, but <laughs> like that doesn't enhance the movie for me. But I think that they're not afraid to lean into some, some more adult stuff because the audience is getting older. So, you know, yeah, I am feeling old. That's a really good point. That's yeah, a really anyway. good point. Yeah. But then like, where do you draw the line for like making way for new generations of, you know, fans? Mm -hmm. Right, right. It's uh, it's kind of like a weird line. Right. Janelle, you want to take us through some Guardians? Next? Oh yeah, sorry guys, I was just <laughs> oh, really you're excited. Good. I was very excited about the butt situation. Okay, so <laughs> I'm pumped, you guys. I, I'm a huge Guardian of the Galaxy fan. It's my favorite movie in MCU, and so we have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three script got a flood of tears. Uh, quoted by Karen Gillan to Yahoo Movies. Um, this is what she said. We read it in the same room together and then looked at each other and we were in a flood of tears. It is so emotional. Um, and, you know, there's a several things that go along with the story, but let's start with that. What do you guys think about uh, the level of emotions in this film that's already being uh, talked about? I'm already like so worried. Like I was worried when the Suicide Squad came out and when I saw that for the first time because I was like the amount that Gunn was able to like emotionally make me feel for these characters and like for certain people's deaths and certain like big action sequences. It's like getting that with Guardians and with how long he's been telling that story. It's like, oh, this is going to hurt. Like any of the emotion that he's bringing in this movie is going to feel so much stronger. I'm excited for it, but I'm also terrified at the same time. Oh, yeah. And we know she's dealing with so much trauma. Like, she lost her father, but then also she's dealing with that, you know, she talks about the juxtaposition between, uh, you know, losing her dad, but also, like, losing her abuser. So you're happy that your abuser is gone, but then it's also someone you love. And I think, I feel like that's where we're going to, like, feel the emotion on her side, I think. Maybe? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think, Brandon? Right, should be heard. <laughs> like uh, these guardians movies are the i think with the exception of iron man's death the first two guardians movies have hit me more emotionally than any of the other marvel movies uh especially the second one when yondu died i mean that just wrecked me uh so if he finds like i i i don't think i can watch if i watch guardians if i watch it out of context i'm sure i'll be fine you know but, <laughs> but if i watch guardians too and i see that scene of craglin yelling out the window like when he sees that uh uh yondu got the ravager funeral man that's just it's just oh, that's God, it's so happy. right after star lord realizes like that's like i've related to the to that story a lot and uh it was just yeah, that one was heavy. So I'm very curious. I mean, in the first Guardians movie, he made us cry in the first five minutes. Like the first five minutes, we were crying over Peter Quill's mom, man. It was just sad. I related to that too. So I think that's that's what is so good about the characters Gunn has delivered is we all relate to different characters differently, but we all relate to some of them somehow. So man, three is going to be tough. I'm not ready to lose these people. I know that it's the third one. And after seeing the Suicide Squad, I know James Gunn is just like, he's going full Amanda Waller. He's just like, I can push this button on any of them. Mm -hmm. right, what do you think? Uh, I want some confirmation from the chat, but it feels like every time we bring up Guardians 3, it's just, oh God, the pain. The pain <laughs> is coming. It's that sad Will Smith gif every mm -hmm. single time. And I... I'm glad that What If is giving us happy moments with alternate versions, variants of the Guardians, 
And I know that is all just a lie because the next time we see them, it's going to be so, so sad. It's going to be a kick in the gut, multiple kicks in the gut. Cause I think yeah. Brandon's right. There's a distinct possibility. We might lose more than one of them because it'd oh, be like, absolutely. everybody yeah. guesses, Oh, it's just going to be one. And he's going to be like, ha ha. Look at that. I'm pulling all your emotional strings. Like the puppets you are. Look at your dance, dance. I say cry your tears fuel me. So I'm not ready for it, but it's coming whether we're ready for it or not. The Guardians have the worst fatality rate of every group in the MCU. And I was like, just about to bring up Groot. Like yeah. when, Groot, oh, Gamora, God. Nebula have all already died at least once on screen. Like, I can't take it anymore. And Yondu. Yeah. And it's Yondu, okay. Yondu yeah. lives. He's my dog. So we're good. And he's napping right next to me. <laughs> I mean, like, through all, through all three Iron Man movies, how many nameable characters died? I mean, the Obadiah Stane. Like, it did it, like, I'm sure there are others, but right now, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of other characters that actually died. Did Aldridge Killian, Aldridge Killian, we fell on the same fire that Pepper fell into, and we just kind of never saw him again, but Pepper survived. So, I don't know. Was Aldridge, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember oh, what happened. Man. But, like, it, did Whiplash die? I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, <laughs> Guardian just kills everybody, and all the other movies are like, <laughs> well, we just punched him really hard, so, so it's all resolved. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, one place characters die is Netflix. Uh, they do. So. <laughs> oh my god! Mm, <laughs> so, great I mean, segue. It's true. Perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Am I right? You didn't see that coming. Speaking of no. dead characters, oh, um, Aaron, I'll let you take oh. this Netflix conversation for us. Oh God! So uh, another week, another uh, day <laughs> in the troubled life of our friend Charlie Cox, who uh, has been giving interviews. Him and Andrew Garfield are in an eternal struggle to look more anguished in these tiny Zoom windows. Mm -hmm. And Charlie Cox took the lead this week when he was talking to Forbes about whether or not we're going to get Daredevil in the MCU. And it's just very funny because the look of exasperation on these on these actors, actresses faces when you ask them questions that they clearly can't answer. Not everybody's our boy, Simu Liu, who's going to like laugh it off and like make a joke about it and be like, ah, you know, I did six of these today. It's fine. Charlie Cox really looked like he was like, I'm done with this. Please, y'all. For me, I'm so wonderful. Look at me. And he is a charming man. He's talked to our uh, Adam Barnhart here, but he's like, my answer is no comment. I don't know what's going to happen. I genuinely don't know if there is a chance of that happening in the future. I don't want to say something that could potentially jeopardize those chances. The people high up at Marvel, maybe they see this stuff or they hear what they what I say or blah, blah, blah. Maybe that influences it. He's like, I don't know. So everyone's going to keep asking him probably about Spider-Man No Way Home. And he's not going to give us any answers. And Feige's going to have, you know, the hand on the sniper rifle, ready to pounce, yep. ready to go. BD's wonderful, wonderful meme that is spread. <laughs> Boss Logic did a uh, Photoshop last night of Kevin Feige mm -hmm. as the Punisher. You go find that on the internet. It's funny <laughs> as all get out. What do you guys think about poor Charlie Cox and his, you know, rolling the ball, rolling the boulder up the hill every day that he's doing? 
I agree with what Jim said last week, which is like, I'm excited for this movie to come out both to see it and also for like Andrew Garfield and now Charlie Cox to just be free from this pain because it's like these, these poor men have to be asked in every single, it's like you were so screwed over if you're allegedly in a Marvel thing and you have another movie or TV show coming out before that Marvel thing, because this is just all you're being asked about. Like I know Andrew Garfield has started bringing it up in other interviews. Like he started denying it before people can even ask him. And it's like, I just feel so bad. Smart. <laughs> like I I get why Charlie Cox is exasperated because like especially given the way the Netflix verse ended it's like we know he's most likely in this movie in some capacity but it's just like having to be asked that at every single turn I can totally get why that would be frustrating my man stopped wearing short sleeve shirts so y'all would leave him alone about his forearms. yep <laughs> if you notice the last couple of interviews he's been uptight yep. I'm like oh my god <laughs> I feel it's like fall. They, it's, I feel like go ahead. It's fall. It might be kind of cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like Charlie Cox and Andrew Garfield have just like gone into interviews in Kylo Ren mode where it's just uh-huh. like, I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. <laughs> like, I just want to be free of this pain. <laughs> like, they just have to face this every time. And it's just like, can they do it any longer? And we all know, like, come on, we know. And I know everybody's going to be real upset, especially me and everybody else who has said it. But like, come on, they're there. So uh, we'll see. We'll see on December 17th who comes out on the on the right side of that. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, we all want Daredevil back. Like we all want Charlie Cox back. I want John Bernthal back just before today's show. I, I saw another article on Forbes that Charlie Cox said if they're going to do Punisher, they should do it with John Bernthal. I support that. Just yes. another reason to support Charlie Cox returning because he's got his people's backs. Mm-hmm. I want. I don't know if he's going to bring that energy for Finn Jones and everybody else who you know people are a little more on the fence about continuing their stories. But uh, there's parts of that Netflix is just too good to give away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. I don't hey. envy them. I don't no. envy them. He just sounds terrified. <laughs> like, I mean, that quote sounds terrified to me, <laughs> like really scared. <laughs> like, He's just like, I have a family. Please stop. Like Kevin will kill yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> and also I see the conversation online is like, stop asking people about Marvel. And it's like, all right, well, listen, if film Twitter wants to start clicking on stuff that's not Marvel, like, we all have bills, but I get, like, I understand, like, the Denis Villanueva situation, mm-hmm. like, I get, like, he's being asked about Marvel when he's not even involved with Marvel, that's a different thing. I interviewed Denis, he was a pleasant interview, I don't think I asked him anything about Marvel, but, like, if you get him, like, and I know that these everybody's, like, they're not going to slip and tell you. One time I asked Aaron Sorkin at CinemaCon because he wrote, I think it was Molly's Game. I was like, yeah, would you ever write a superhero movie? He's like, yeah, I met with DC recently. That's huge news. <laughs> he didn't end up doing anything, but it was a huge story. So like, that's why I have to ask that question because it takes 20 seconds out of your four minutes and it's like gambling. Like that's, that's what one thing, if you're, if you're comicbook.com, you're allowed yeah, to exactly. ask those questions. If you're Forbes, <laughs> come on, ask about money, <laughs> ask about investing or something. Like I was surprised. We are yeah. allowed to ask these questions. Uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that come from Forbes, to see that yeah. Charlie Cox. But also, like, that just goes to show even crypto. Forbes, rec- but even Forbes recognizes that Marvel Transcend, like, it's, it, people are going to be frustrated with it, but the fact is, Marvel Transcends, like, the rest of this media. So no matter what Charlie Cox is producing, unless he's in the new Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Batman movie, like, the fact is, if you get him to say literally anything Marvel, if he burps the word Marvel, it's going to get more <laughs> clicks. 
and it, like it's just that's what they have to that's what these outlets have to do it so i get it but also yeah like if you're doing an interview with comicbook.com that's probably why i didn't get zendaya at the dune junket because they were just like they know they're gonna he's gonna ask about spider-man oh, i didn't gosh, get to talk yeah. to her so i respect it anyway all right uh when we come back we're gonna have a debate about venom and Spider-Man, and whether or not they're in the MCU, we're going to talk about What If Episode 7, and then we're going to roll an interview with Tom Hardy and Andy Serkis. Um, And we will see you in just a minute. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Episode 37. It's getting hot right now because we're about to debate something that has been debated on Janelle's show, Comic Book Nation, before. But I don't think we've had this conversation on Phase Zero yet. But if we have, there are 36 other episodes, and I forget some of that stuff, okay? (laughs) So forgive me if this is a repeat, but Venom in the MCU, listen, Tom Hardy, Andy Serkis, everybody involved with Venom, they're not really trying to keep it a secret that they want to do a crossover with Spider-Man, that they may have already done it, that it might be coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, the marketing is saying that the universe is expanding. People are losing their minds over a post credit scene. They're advertising a post credit scene in quotes on this on this campaign. So, listen, the only way I think to make Venom more exciting is to put him with Spider-Man, to put him in the MCU. I have said on Comic Book Nation before, I know Kofi Outlaw will come at me for repeating this, but the first Venom movie was not made by Marvel Studios. It showed no indication of being a part of the MCU. And until I see a sign that Tom Holland or somebody else or some story from the MCU is a part of Venom, I just assume it's not. I assume it's the same thing as the X-Men movies where a different studio made it. And that's it. And I think Sony likes to kind of play fast and loose with that and leave the door open. But... I need to know. Did Eddie Brock get snapped out of existence? Did his did his ex girlfriend? Did the symbiote? You know? Do, do you guys think like could Venom be in the MCU? Aaron, you're at the top. You get to start us off. Do you want it? Could it happen? Um, at first, I probably wasn't. Or I probably wasn't really angling for it. But I'm willing to hear hear them out. I'm willing to see. I do agree with you that it was absolutely engineered. You can see it from all the interviews, the way they talked about it, that this could function without Tom Holland. And it made a wild amount of money. So there's not like they're going to recast Venom or do something different. This is, They have basically routed their way into, if we're going to get Venom in the MCU, this is how it's going to happen. And once you say that, I'm like, well, I guess we'll just see what they, see what they do. I mean, I'm going to see the second one now because they've said... The, the post credit scene is such a big deal that, that freaking Tom Hardy is, you know, swearing people to secrecy and telling Brandon Davis that, ah, when can I eat the Spider-Man in an interview? <laughs> I, I want to know. I want to yeah. see now. So they got me. I'm a sucker. You know, that, that so they already it works. You should accomplish. That's all you had to do is say, oh, it actually matters. Oh, it matters. Oh, OK. All right. Let's see what we got. Well, Aaron, if you feel like going to New York or L.A., I know a guy. (laughs) Uh, Janelle, what do you think? Should Venom be in the MCU? Oh, gosh. Okay, so if you know me and if you don't, guess what? My motto is more content. That's kind of what I'm known for. So, yes, more, more, more content, more of everything, more of uh, Venom in the MCU. Bring it on. I want it. I can go really deep dive here because I have, I really like Venom. I remember Venom from like my childhood, like uh, the toys and stuff. I used to play with my cousin. Anyways, good stuff. I think that we, we all established that 
you know, during Loki, that time is happening at the same time. Like everything in a timeline is happening at the same time. So when it breaks, which obviously could happen, it, it could have been broken by Tom Holland and Strange in, in that in the movie. But I think that the only reason why Strange would even do this crazy spell to begin with would be to maybe fix something that's already broken. And maybe the multiverse is already broken. And he's like, OK, I'll take a risk and do this, which explains every Easter egg, every like inconsistency in any broken story in any movie or anything ever. So they can literally explain anything away that they want, knowing that all time moves, like everything's happening at the same time. It's so easy. They could literally just be like, oh, yeah, the reason why you saw this guy in that movie and you didn't see this happen in that one is because everything was broken anyways. So could happen. I would love to see it. I'd be pumped. I, I need it. I, I agree with Aaron. I was like, I liked the first Venom, but going into it, I literally had to like drag my boyfriend into the theater. He was like, you cannot force me to go see this movie opening weekend. And I still forced him. Um, but now it's like after all of the rumors and speculation of the past week, he's like, oh, crap. Now I'm like invested and we need to go see this opening weekend. Um, I think because I was thinking about this the other day, I feel like the only logical way to get more like bigger and crazier from a Spider-Man fan perspective, like the only way to up no way home is to do spider-man versus venom so it's like if if he is in the mcu and we do get some sort of crossover between the two of them that just feels like something that is going to be wish fulfillment for like generations of nerds so it's like i i can obviously see feige wanting to take that possibility if they have the opportunity to do so jenna team yeah. jenna team jenna. jenna what but but which spider-man versus venom jenna which all Spider-Man? of them Yes. Which Spider-Man versus Venom? What do we get? What are we doing? <laughs> yes. We bring we bring them back can, so they all I can, can fight. The argument for all three, honestly, like any of whichever combination, just make it work. I don't know. So if I had to, if I had to give you the the offer of either Tom Holland versus Tom Hardy, but no Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, <laughs> or Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, but no Tom Hardy Venom, which one are you picking? Ooh. See, I don't know. Like. Part of me wants to just see the three Spider-Man crossover and then we get to Venom. So I yeah, don't know. Yeah. I, I want those three Spider-Man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, I, I personally, so look, if you look at uh, like Morbius is in this same, like we don't know yet yeah. state where it's like, they're playing fast and loose. They're trying to draw connections because they have like Spider-Man murderer and Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes slash Vulture. So the sixth member of the Sinister Six is still not known, and Morbius comes out after No Way Home, so it's not Morbius. What if Venom thinks that Peter Parker is a murderer too, and mm-hmm. he temporarily wants to take him down? Because you know he's not going to actually eat the Spider-Man. But <laughs> it, it, listen, I just think I think that um, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock slash Venom is is such a great. I love them. I think mm-hmm. I think that dynamic is fantastic. Tom's commitment to that role and the insanity that comes with it is just. Uh, it's it's awesome and i think that they would be such a great addition to the mcu uh, i think that the venom movies would benefit from just the storytelling type of things that we see uh in marvel so if that under under kevin feige the stories that come from the interconnected universe uh that we didn't get in the first venom which love it or hate it that story just felt kind of dated and so i think if they get a a a, a good team in there that venom could tom hardy has as venom could be something really special and seeing him you know join the Sinister Six to track down Mysterio's murderer or something could be really cool. Uh, but then again, maybe the post credit scene is like just a portal opening. <laughs> Tobey Maguire steps through. Who knows? Um, 
I do anyway. have to say, now I want to read like a dozen different fanfic about like Venom and the Snap because I'm like, I've never thought about that before until you said that at the beginning of this. And now I'm like, oh, how would that work if like one of them got snapped and the other one didn't? Like that is kind of interesting. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Like what happens if Eddie gets snapped, but the symbiote doesn't? Like mm. do they just go together? Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what if episode seven. Uh, the sound off in the comments. Can they be snapped apart? Um, we're going to talk about what if episode seven. Full spoilers if you have not seen the episode yet. So this is your warning, and that's your window. Uh, we're going to go around reactions. Spoilers are fair game at this point. Aaron, you're at the top again. You get to start us off with the reaction to this episode. Uh, Party Thor. So we all had joked around that what if had become what if we just kill everybody for about <laughs> maybe four or five weeks straight and now we get a little palate cleanser with them unchaining chris hemsworth to just be <laughs> like a giant golden retriever for 45 minutes and it was it was a lot of fun i thought it was really fun i'm sad that jamie is not here i know because there's so much darcy there's so much darcy for her to talk about and that that seems like a crime. Uh, also, Carol randomly before the I did not think we were going to see her again before the finale, so it was cool to see that. Um, I, I don't. I, it's like it was so different until the literal last second, which really does feel like you know the last second from the uh, Killmonger episode. That I'm like, I wonder how this is going to fit in. I'm very confused. Now I'm even more confused about like how all this is going to mix together from like just the ending. But I, I enjoyed it. A little upbeatness never hurt anybody after all the sadness that happened the last couple of weeks. Jenna, what'd you think? I agree with Aaron. Like this episode was such a weird palate cleanser after just so many weeks of like episodes that I enjoyed, but that still were so depressing when you actually boiled them down. I don't necessarily think this was like the best written episode. Like I think there were certainly better ones, but I think this was just fun in a way that the show kind of needed. I almost would rather see a version of the season where the episodes are a little more like there's a little more variety of which episodes come out when, because having this one be the second to last one of the season and having it be so tonally different from all of the more depressing episodes that we've gotten was kind of like oh this is really weird and a weird tonal shift but like I liked the Thor aspects I liked a lot of the characters that were involved I I really didn't know I needed to see Carol and Thor interact together like kind of mixing the more fantastical cosmic and the more Carol Danvers sort of cosmic parts of the MCU was very very cool to see so it had enough that I liked that I was able to kind of gloss over the like plot and the jarring aspect of it Janelle yeah uh I I love this show let me just say I also just realized I have a carrot over here that's great that's that's (laughs) my dogs sorry um I I really was I love this show Like, I can't believe it. I'm not into anime. I don't really watch animated shows in general. So for me, the show has been super refreshing and very exciting. Um, I love seeing so many new characters and our favorite characters back that I've missed a lot. (coughs) Yondu. Um, So this for me I needed it like I had a rough week and I was like oh god between like the Doctor Strange episode and zombie like I had a lot of emotions in these this was so 
like chill, kick back, relax, enjoy yourself. It's like watching Ted Lasso. Like you just, it's like a feel good episode. And I'm okay with that. Like, I like that. Jim in the comments says like this episode has so many cringy moments. I didn't recognize any of them. I liked it. I, I really like, I enjoyed all of the cringe and all of the humor and the golden retriever. And it was just a good vibe. Um, my favorite part was seeing Loki uh, and like what he could have become like this just mentally stable, like really like fun dude with power, but not like in not in an evil way. Like that was alone, like a huge moment for me as a big Loki fan to see him like what he could have been. Uh, and, and that was re very rewarding for me. And then, of course, the end, which I know we're going to get into, was awesome. Like, it's just really cool. Also, like, Watcher is... To I have so many theories on what's going to happen coming up. But, like, Watcher is just, like, he's, like, in our faces at this point. Like, he started so blurry in the background. Now he's, like, spitting on us when he talks. <laughs> I'm glad you guys liked this episode because I did it. Uh, I just, like... I mean, yeah, there's there's room for levity and joy in the world, but I just like I, the humor didn't like, didn't land for me, um, and I just thought it was like it felt like the most childish episode yet. Which, like, I get it; it's animated; it's made for the childish audience, probably, I guess, and adults as well because you guys enjoyed it. But um, I don't know; it just didn't really. I didn't connect with it. I really enjoyed seeing Carol and Thor fight. I'm really nervous about a character as powerful as Carol existing in the MCU, just because like, it's the same Superman problem. Like, you know, how do you, like, if there's so few weaknesses, um, how is it gonna, like, if there's a character that strong and that basically impermeable or whatever the word is, um, uh, that can't be hurt or it can't be taken down for, with, with ease. Why doesn't she just solve everything? And like, there's other planets that need help. Isn't going to solve that problem every time, but I'm interested to see what they do. I think, I, I mean, I'm a big captain Marvel fan of the character uh, overall. Um, but I just thought like the humor didn't land for me. The only thing I enjoyed was their fight. I thought it was just kind of a, a, a silly episode and these cliffhangers are starting to add up, but it's like, are they, do they mean anything? Like I get, this is what if, and that's the whole point of what if, but that doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it all. Uh, the first episode was my least favorite episode. This one is number two. Um, I really enjoyed the strange episode. I really enjoyed the zombies episode. I really enjoyed, um, I, I, I enjoyed the Killmonger episode. Uh, and there was one more. Oh, I really enjoyed Hank Pym killing the Avengers too. But, uh, <laughs> but this one, I don't know. It just didn't do it for me. More content. I loved it. <laughs> it's so uh, good. Yeah. It's yeah. Funny. I mean, listen, this is, if we all enjoyed it, then this panel would suck. Um, <laughs> so it's good that we have opposing perspectives. Also, uh, the one thing I did appreciate though, is the fact that Thor looked at an iPad the same way all of us would look at the newspapers from Harry Potter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like he was just like, this is magic. And we, we would do the same thing. Uh, there was also, uh, Jane said that he took down the alpha star Icarus. And, uh, uh obviously Lil Icky, Eternals reference, you know what I mean? Lil, oh, Janelle, Lil Icky is the son of Icarus who flew too close to the sun. R.I.P. Um, we don't know if Lil Icky is coming to the MCU, but he perished in the comics. Uh, no. He got married in the atmosphere. right now, uh, and it's been a struggle. It, yeah. You don't like the Eternals comics? I, I'm starting at the very, very beginning. So I'm it's early oh. on where like humor doesn't exist. Like everything is very literal and just wordy. a journalist in a tomb. Yes. It's been <laughs> it's been difficult, but I'm doing it. I'm in for the long haul with Eternals because they're totally up my alley. So 
I feel you. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, yeah, I'll let you guys, I wanted, I'll let you guys take some of this conversation over. Cause, uh, I, I just don't have too much to say about this. Like I honestly just kind of watched it and I was like, well, that was an episode. So if you guys have anything you, you want, any theory, I do want to talk about the end of the episode, yeah. but if there's anything you want to talk about before that, uh, please take it away. Like what I liked about the episode was just seeing all of the elements together and seeing the characters who haven't really crossed paths in that sort of way of like, I'm not necessarily the biggest Darcy fan, but like seeing her with Howard the Duck was like, this is something that only this show could really bring because this would not work in a normal context. And so like seeing that, seeing all the Guardians characters, like stuff like that, that was kind of cool in and of itself of just kind of like looking in the background and trying to spot people at different scenes. So, but I agree with you, Brandon, at the same time, like this wasn't my favorite episode, but like I did enjoy enough of it so yeah i mean like i'm not here to tell you you guys are wrong just so we're clear <laughs> i'm happy when you guys when people enjoy stuff i'll never be like just because i didn't enjoy it i'm right you're wrong i just i, I sat here watched it, it was what it was and you guys enjoyed it so i wish i was in your shoes because i would have i would have preferred to enjoyed it more so yeah uh but it was cool to see all the characters kind of pop up also i interviewed seth green this week and he said he didn't know howard the duck was in avengers endgame until he saw it in a theater <laughs> Wow. So that's a fun little nugget right there. That has to be um, weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, when, when Captain Marvel said, start at the corners and clean your way outward. It's a sphere. <laughs> is she a flat earther? It's a sphere. I think she just meant it metaphorically. Yeah, what does that metaphor mean? I, I don't know. But... You ever seen the movie Smart House? No. <laughs> that yeah, that that that's the explanation. When they like junk the entire house, they just push everything from the outside of the room to the middle and then roll it up in the carpet and then put it in the closet. That's and some boom, Looney Tunes stuff. House. Wow. Yeah. That. That's great. <laughs> so that's what they did. I don't know. I it's a Disney Channel original movie. Go watch this on <laughs> Disney Plus. It's fun. Brandon Moore in the in the Twitch comment section picked up your smart house reference. 1999 oh. movie right there. That's right. I'm real old. I'm real washed. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, all right, let's just let's talk about the end of the episode because I thought, like, again, it's 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 very cool, but also to me, getting kind of frustrating because the zombies episode might be my favorite episode. I think Strange might be the best. Zombies might be my favorite. I also think it's important to differentiate those two things, from my opinion. Uh, but there's been so many cliffhangers that have been really cool moments where it's like, ah. I want to see that happen. Will we? Mm -hmm. Because what if takes years to make like these animation, the voices, it all takes a very long time. So like, even if they are going to do like sequel episodes, we're going to see this till like Avenger seven is in theaters. So this ending was very cool, but I, I just wanted to put, I just needed to ruin the fun by putting that out there first. (laughs) Um, But vision comes in and what like vision is Ultron with the infinity stones. Aaron, Aaron's fired up about it. I, it's just, I'm like, is the finale going to be him and Hank Pym just boxing? Because they ruined everything. They just ruined everything this entire time. It's always either Vision being like, you know what? I had to feed my zombie wife. Or like, you killed my wife. You killed my kids. I hate all of you. I hate you. And the good news weird. is we'll probably get to see Vision die again. Woo! Hey, what, let's go. Who's got the counter going? Oh what, what, are we on, is that four? Is that four times? Who has yeah. tied more this year, Vision or Tony Stark? Because oh, honestly, no. it's about tied at this oh, point. No. I think they've both died three times this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Also, why wasn't Tony at the party? Like he would definitely be at that party. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, is Tony not Iron Man in this yeah. world because Thor didn't have a brother? 
I don't like, know. Did Loki and Thor impact the decisions of Earth? Because mm-hmm. also then Carol became Captain Marvel still. Yeah. So there's I just a just, the, I, I do just plot holes say, in well, what if. Well, I just want to say the whole concept of this episode was like, what if Thor was an only child? And I'm like, Hela still exists, right? Because it's like they they did not even acknowledge her at all. And I'm like, is he really an only child then if Hela is supposedly still out there and then he does still have a bro relationship with Loki anyway? It was like mm-hmm. it was it was like the weirdest way to wrap this whole premise and then completely poke holes in it like immediately. She's adopted. <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Do you think Vision's Vision Ultron suit is made of vibranium? Ooh. Or uh, do you think he got a different material for that suit, maybe? Just make it vibranium. That would be yeah. cool. Ultron's vibranium body. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe, maybe, maybe Vision went full Kang the Conqueror ready theory mode, but it's never going to pay off. So who cares? But (laughs) but maybe he went to Niva Delir and he got an Ultron body made out of the same thing. The infinity gauntlet is made out of an E-tree helped him uh, create that because I, we don't know if vibranium can hold infinity stones. That said, it doesn't really, I don't think it really matters because vision is not a human. So I don't know if vision would be, he's powered by a stone. So would it really matter if you like, right. Uh, I would just like to see Vision on Nivadelier, but that's like that's the cool thing about what if is you can see stuff like that. Uh, but also, we're also just assuming he's evil. Maybe he's not evil. <laughs> no, he's totally evil. He's yeah. bad for sure. Yeah. And and Strange Supreme is gonna be like leading up, like heading up this like whatever Avengers and Watchers like in charge of it all. He's finally gonna come in and intervene, and he's gonna put all these. Avengers together, his own little dream team, and they're going to take down Ultron Vision guy. So you're saying episode nine is just one big cliffhanger? <laughs> yeah, why <Great>. not? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're good at, so we might as well. <laughs> but my question is, is who did Ultron have to sacrifice to get the Soul Stone? Because oh. did he, he, didn't, he didn't really care about Wanda, so like, did he sacrifice, like my idea would be like, Jarvis, like his brother. That's interesting. Just yeah. threw the computer chip off the cliff. He just puts yeah. his red skull. <laughs> it just ends the whole process. A <laughs> slice of bread. One single slice yes. of bread. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. He dropped his iPhone and the screen cracked and <laughs> got the soul stone. There was a lot of throwing like iPhones and shattering phones in this episode. And like between that and the laptop in Shang-Chi, I'm just like, this is a bad month if you're like precious about your technology. Like I'm still I'm still hurting for that girl who's writing her thesis on the bus in Shang-Chi. And it just all gets like I'm that still just brings me pain every time that I think poor about girl. it. <laughs> poor girl well uh so overall we have a three against one argument here on the on the what if episode which is fine which is fair comments are pretty split as well so go ahead and share your thoughts in the comments i encourage everybody to rate this episode out of 10 in the comment section that can only lead to good conversations <laughs> and uh, if you want to talk more about it we can do that on twitter you can find me at brandon davis bd jenna at hey it's jenna lynn Janelle. I'm at Janelle Wheeler on all the socials as well as Twitch. I stream on Twitch. That's right. So you can go right from this show to Janelle's Twitch channel. (laughs) She is live too many days a week to hang out with me. (laughs) And uh, Aaron, where can we find you? (laughs) At Summit Lake Hornet. 
Come bug me about whatever drops in five seconds after we get off there. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yo, listen, Janelle lives close to me. Me and Janelle live, we live <laughs> we're, close to each other. I'm like, can I, I borrow some sugar? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I am the neighbor. Listen, <laughs> I put up a projector in the yard. I do I have movie nights and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, Janelle, we're watching like Dune three months early. You want to come over? She's like, I'm streaming. I can't make it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I respect Janelle's hustle. Janelle has been at it for years on Twitch, uh, and I encourage everybody who's watching to go support her because her Twitch streams are super fun, and, and that is not an easy grind. So keep it up. Yeah. And also join her on our other uh, comicbook.com podcast, Comic Book Nation, which records every Friday, uh, and it moves when we have bonus episodes. I'm so sorry, Kofi. Uh, all right. And we are ending the show there. We are going to run right now an interview with Tom Hardy and Venom Let There Be Carnage director Andy Circus to close us out. We won't be back. So uh, feel free to enjoy this interview or watch it on YouTube. And please share our show. Follow the comicbook.com YouTube channel and follow us all on social media. Go to comicbook.com, as Chris Killian would say, for the best geek news. See y'all later. Andy Davis, comicbook.com. Andy, Tom, absolute pleasure to speak with you both. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. Of course. Listen, I want to start with a, a technical question because I find it so interesting that Tom does the uh, recordings of Venom's voice to, to have the interactions. Now, when you have Carnage and Venom interacting on set, does anybody else get to hear them? How do you guys pull that off? Yeah, we, 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 I mean, that's, it was imperative that we could have both, you know, so we knew the timings that we knew how to frame, we knew all the other actors had cues to work off. So, so with both, you know, you know, Tom was recording uh, Venom and, and then Woody did, Woody did Carnage. So, so that we had, we had the, the real voices there to bounce off. That's really cool. I bet that made it really immersive on set. I also, Tom, you have an awesome stuntman in, uh, in Jacob Tamori. Uh, and I also noticed that Venom has a stuntman uh, in, in Adam Basil. And I'd love to hear what kind of, like, do, do Jacob and Adam ever share the set? Like, how does, what does Venom's stuntman have to get into? Go I can I can handle Jakey. Go for it. I can handle Jakey. Yeah, you handle like, Jakey. Uh, Jakey, the the like literally to the he's not just a stunt man. I mean, which he is, and and you know, well on the way to coordinating, and, and uh, he's a he's a he's a serious lad. But he's also a great mimic, and he I've worked with him now since Fury Road on multiple projects. I've dropped him in at the deep end and made him act in the in the Cray Twins with the Legends, the Legend Brothers. You know, the Legend film. And he's, he's stepped up to the plate as an actor as well as having to do, you know, plant his face into whatever heavy object he's got to do, you know. And um, So he literally does anything that's going to possibly cause death or harm right? <laughs> at any point. So he kind of takes over at that point where the insurance waiver goes, no, Tom, or I've you know, legitimately say, oh, I'm a little bit scared uh, over to you, Jakey. And he's like, thanks, Tom. And <laughs> off he goes, but, but he's, he's right on the shoulder and he will deal with anything with mainly Eddie Brock, right? You, you know, so, um, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, depending on what the skill set is, you know, we might have a motorbike, Eddie, because that's a, a, spe a specific skill set. Like we might have to have a, a somebody parachute or we might have, to, you know, it is a, a skill set. So, but Jakey's like the go-to, looks like me, um, op op option for anything that's really dangerous so I can sort of stay safe yeah. <laughs> really and Adam Adam, Adam um, was you know came in and when, when we did some early sort of movement tests we did some uh, using motion capture just to get a sense of how Venom was going to move and you know the, the whole weight of him wanted to feel like 
as they did in the first movie, sort of like a quarterback, really heavy set, you know, as opposed to Carnage, who was more fluid and, and used tendrils in different ways and so on and so forth. But So we had Adam on set um, be, being a sort of physical version, but he also had to wear a, a, a very, very heavy Venom head because Venom's seven foot nine. And, uh, you know, so so he had to move and we could then frame up on the photorealistic uh, venom head as well uh, so he so he he really got into it actually it was, it was fantastic and so he did, he would do it wasn't so much stunts it was more to do with kind of framing and physicality and timing yeah. and all of that kind of stuff uh, but he was yeah he, he, he really got into lights as well off the, yeah the, for the right lighting reference as well it bounces off oh and, yeah and, yeah all of that integration yeah thanks that's cool that's cool now, now, now tom i have a question for you because you uh you have you've gotten us <laughs> Tom, you've gotten us very riled up online a couple of times with a couple of post and delete stuff on Instagram. I don't know if you can see this right now, but uh as the saying goes, we caught you in 4K. I want to know what uh what these what these kind of Venom and Spider-Man posts. You see what that is? That is like that is like little spidey legs hanging outside the mouth of Venom, doesn't it? <laughs> That's wish fulfillment. That's <laughs> wish fulfillment. So listen, I, I do want to ask, you know, has, has that conversation gone anywhere? Because also we have the Daily Bugle logo that Andy chose to incorporate here from the original Raimi trilogy. I'd love to hear if any of that Spider-Man stuff has gotten into your minds at all. Of course it's in our minds all the time. Look at and, the photo. <laughs> there's, there's little spidey legs hanging out of the teeth of Venom. It's really, it's really specific. You know what I mean? It's like a Khabib call out. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to take little, little, little teasy, teasy things, but you know, um, but but this one was was always going to kind of not venture too much into that territory because there was so much to unpack in this story, wasn't there? You know, in terms of, you, well, I think I think you can't do a Venom story without knowing Spider Man's in the mix. Yeah. He's somewhere, but we all know that this is there's a big constellation of events, you know, that need to need to move and operate around in, 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 you know, as grown-ups, we have to go, okay, we wait, you know, we wait, we wait for those planes to land and they're, you know, and when they land, we'll see if we can get on one. But until then, you know, we focus on, on the task in hand, which is Venom 2, but it's always in the back of our minds, you know, when do I get to eat the Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> one day, maybe. And, and, and Andy, my last thing for you. I love Tom. You know what I mean? <laughs> my, my, my last thing for you is that Carnage is, is a very uh, visceral and, and violent character in comics uh, oftentimes. Did you ever consider getting a bit more explicit or, or push to make it R-rated at any point? A hundred percent. We considered it. it with all of these symbionts. You know, you consider you read the comic books and it, it, it is the it is extreme. But that's not what we're here to do. You know, we, we came here to make a movie, which was, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there's a law, you know, and, and a rule into creating a movie that's accessible to a lot of people as well as that caters for everybody including the, the hardcore fans so I, I hope the hardcore fans at least take home that they look at Carnage and go yeah I recognize Carnage from the comic books I'm happy with that and yeah, no, yeah. we didn't bite everybody's head off but we did stick a tongue down someone's throat you know like pretty <laughs> and managed to come in at a level of rating which is you know reputable sort of the, the grandmark and go <laughs> I can watch it too. You know, you, you leave things to, you know, sometimes leaving things to the imagination is as powerful too. You know, we pushed yeah. it as far as we could possibly go, but with some room to go, you know, in people's heads, that character is pretty scary. And, you know, the, 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 the kind of the truth 
of where that character emanates from. And yeah. Cletus Cassidy as a character that that is 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 amplified through Carnage is, you know, does a lot of the does a lot of the work. So I think we I think we we certainly fulfill a lot of the essence of Carnage. A hundred percent. 